Uh, today and tomorrow we're going to be practicing the Sattvic Energy Balancing Session. Uh, sattva is a Sanskrit term uh, which means uh, being. Uh, sometimes it's translated as truth or as father. Um, and we can translate sattva as the still point of the life field. Okay? That in every breath, there's a still point which resonates with sattva guna. Sattva guna is usually considered the force of equilibrium in nature. Now let me talk a little bit about what a guna is. Uh, the Sanskrit term guna uh, is usually translated as quality. And the gunas are describing a molecular level, uh, a vibration that underlies the quality of our experience. And these are the fundamental resonances of neutral positive and negative, of Tao, Yang, and Yin. That in every breath, there's a still point where we receive the gift of life. Then life breathes into the fullness, fire, rajas, expansion of the next breath of our creative expression. Uh, then there's a still point, and then life contracts into the feminine. Life uh, contracts, okay? So in every breath, we entrain with the still point of essence, sattva guna, rajas guna, where, we, where the tissue on every level of microcosm and macrocosm expands into resonance with the solar force, the fire of creation. And then the tissue uh, contracts into the lunar, uh, the feminine, precipitating into all the beauty of nature and creation and form. Okay. So, guna it describes the underlying quality. Um, uh, you feel rajas. Uh, rajas is the, the... Okay, I better find the right chart here. Just a second. <laughs> so, the word guna is usually described as quality. Uh, but... Um, it's better described as vortex. The word guna comes from a Sanskrit root, a giri, uh, which means vortex. And, and in Sanskrit, it's very interesting because the Sanskrit is a revealed language that came from these seer sages who directly experienced the fundamental forces of creation. So you'll hear when we're defining our Sanskrit terms that we're describing resonance, that they're always describing these yogis purified their bodies and were able to tune into these profound levels of vibration. And we're describing their direct experience of the fundamental forces of nature on a quantum and molecular uh, level. So Giri is describing vortex. Uh, so the gunas are describing uh, the way the, the molecules and the atoms are, are, are vibrating in attunement with life. And again, microcosm and macrocosm. Every, uh, we describe uh, the universe as um, a holarchy. Again, we are the product of ultimate intelligence. Our beloved uh, mother, father, goddess, 
uh, in her ultimate wisdom and ultimate love made us in her image that we are made uh, to personify the process of creation and every level of our being is, is an expression of ultimate intelligence um, think of this vast vast cosmos around us and an astronomer can tell you when there'll be uh, to the second when there will be an eclipse 6,000 years from now. That's how harmonious the macrocosm and the microcosm is. So on a quantum level, uh, you are in this part of the same vast, vast wholeness and this incredible, incredible self-correcting body of intelligence. Um, so this word guna, sattva guna, uh, is this still point of self-correction that happens in, in every breath and every heartbeat and every cycle uh, of this creation. Now, I like to... No, no, not yet. Then what is the name for the third? There's Sattva, Rajas, and Tamas. And Tamas is the, the contracting feminine yin? Tamas is, uh, is the feminine, yes. Now, Tamas means to perish. And Tamas Guna is... So, so Rajas we see in the spring signs, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, uh, Gemini, uh, Cancer, Leo. Uh, and then Tamas we see in Virgo, discriminating wisdom service, science, art, um, Libra, uh, love, beauty. Um, Virgo, Libra, uh, Scorp... What are, what are we going uh, uh, Well, no, we went up. We did the first six. We ended with Cancer, uh, Aries, Taurus, Gemini. Okay. Uh, so, Sag Scorpio, deep inner resources. Sagittarius, integrity, sincerity, philosophy. And then ultimately, Aquarius, living for a higher purpose. So, the feminine represent the more mature, uh, the wiser. The more feminine you are, the more you resonate with discriminating wisdom and all of these, uh, all of the fruits of creation. The more masculine you are, the more you uh, resonate with just the blind desire to create. Oh, you don't need a condom, let's just do it. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the male desire is just to outpicture, just to manifest, just to create without real, without the kind of uh, discriminating wisdom that the feminine has. The, the world that we're in is kind of in the pickle because there isn't, that we're in because there isn't, it isn't a time where the feminine is empowered more. Um, so we're talking about the fundamental uh, qualities of creation, sattva, rajas, and tamas. Maybe I better focus on, okay. Um, okay. So we're uh, sattva, rajas, and tamas. Uh, rajas means to glow with excitement. It's the passion that we feel when we're creating, when we're learning, 
when we're expanding our capacity to love and create and, and when we're dancing all night, uh, when we're uh, learning new things, uh, when we're enjoying our children, our grandchildren. So Rajas is this, the warmth, the passion, the excitement, the, sh- or the, the rush we get when we're shopping. Okay? <laughs> and Tamas uh, is the fall, the fall of the, the time of the year when um, the life force starts to contract and leave the form and the form just starts to crystallize into these beautiful, beautiful leaves and everything falls to the ground because a life is returning inward in a cycle of communing with essence to recreate. And in your life, that comes at 28 and 42 when you resonate with the Saturn for Saturnian forces and when your child dies and when everything that gave you identity and security falls away to make room for new growth, that you're like this, this tree in November where everything that gave you identity and security falls away, your dog gets lost, your boyfriend abandons you, you lose your job. Okay? These things happen uh, when Saturn comes into resonance and it's to make room. The Grim Reaper comes to, to just tear away what had given you identity and security to humble you to go back into this fount of life and to be reborn in another cycle of your creative expression. So that's Tamas Guna, which is in every heartbeat, every breath. And, uh, yes. Um, so... One of the greats of American esoteric study was a man by the name of Manley P. Hall. He was the, the, the master of the Philosophical Research Society in Los Angeles. And, um, and he wrote a book called The Secret Teachings of All Ages, uh, uh, an encyclopedia of uh, Kabbalah, Rosicrucian, and esoteric teachings. You may see it on the... On, uh, on a um, on people's coffee table or in their library, it's a big, impressive book. But that book, on its very first page, has a picture of this guna, of this vortex, and this uh, picture, which is called Babbitt's Adam, was seen by a man by the name of Edwin D. Babbitt, and Babbitt was a man who was a clairvoyant and had micro clairvoyance and could see the fundamental forces of creation. He had what we call micro-clairvoyant powers or fourth-dimensional vision that he could see the mental planes and directly experience. And he developed an atomic theory based on resonance and based on just, again, this is a, a macrocosm and within it are microcosm of exactly the same resonating field going down to uh, uh, molecular levels And um, Babbitt published a book called The Principles of Light and Color, and he published many, many books on healing. Um, Every once in a while, there's still, you can find copies of them in India where they're still in print, some of these books by Babbitt. Though India doesn't have a way of organizing its publishers, so it needs a lot of good luck to run into them. Uh, But he had schools teaching the harmonic laws of the universe, etheric atomic philosophy of force, chromochemistry, chromotherapeutics, and the philosophy of the finer forces. He had these schools all over the world, in Australia and England and New York and the United States. Everywhere, 
hospitals were using color therapy. But after World War I, the Rockefeller Foundation had a huge grant to create biochemical scientific medicine. And they went around to all of the state legislatures, to all of the medical schools, and they banned homeopathy, they banned herbology, they banned color chromotherapeutics that were being used at that time uh, to support the work of the medical industrial complex and uh, biochemical uh, medicine. So it was blanded as quackery uh, through state legislature after state legislature, Mm -hmm. supported by the grant of these lobbyists, uh, banned in medical school after medical school. There's only, uh, in recent years, there was only one um, school of homeopathy left in the whole United States when they were done. Yes. What year was it? This was, well, this was right after World War I. Okay. Okay? But Babbitt was in the 1860s and 1880s. And you can still get copies of his book. They're in print. There is uh, um, an edition by Fabin, who has no appreciation for anything esoteric. Stay away from the Fabin edition. Okay? But any other edition uh, uh, has the deeper, deeper work in it. So, we're talking about the gunas. So, in the um, ancient wisdom of... um, uh, the, the, The name for this wisdom is called Sanatana Dharma, timeless way of life. So I may as well use the correct word, sanatana dharma. Sanatana means prior to time, that exists beyond this creation, that exists through many, many creations or through infinite creations. It's kind of a quantum view of things. It, it, uh, okay, it's a, and dharma is a way of being that's in nature. Nature is practicing dharma. Now you can know that you're practicing dharma because there's a sacredness that's inherent in life. And that when you're generous with life, you experience the sacredness of life. When you're giving of yourself the way all of nature is giving of yourself, you experience the sacredness of life. So when we talk about Dharma, we're not talking about an abstract principle. We're talking about a way of life that's available to, uh, to all of us in every moment. That when we're generous with life, when we care for the life around us and we're generous with our kindness and generous with our care, we experience the sacredness of that gesture and we experience the sacredness of life. This, was, this is what Mahatma Gandhi taught. taught he taught that, that truth was God, that when we live life truthfully, generously, we experience the divinity of life, that we didn't need pie in the sky that we didn't need a God on an altar, that God was here uh, when we were living our life uh, in a generous way. So, you know, God is also on the altar. God is also pie in the sky. Uh, but I just want to remind you that uh, of this, uh, the truth uh, can be God. And again, our life is an experiment with truth. I, w- I aspire to that, though it's a very slow process. So, Sattva Guna, so... A sattva guna is the still point of omniscience. A sattva guna is the force of equilibrium in nature. Uh, And it's the way 
it's this a point of harmonic conversion in, in the way every atom and molecule and cell dances in this creation. And it's, it, it's, an, omni, it's an omniscient state. Now, that sounds very cosmic and out there, but you can tell when you're tuned into sattva guna because you can feel it on a molecular level. You feel the state of great fullness, that you're filled on a molecular level with this greatness. And you feel, and you feel, and, and we call it a superconscious state because rajas guna, you're in the conscious mind, you're in all the agendas. If I only get this, life will be okay. If I only find this lover, if I only get this degree, if I only get this money, this house, this car, it's going to be okay. And we get the stuff, we get the lover, he's a pain in the ass. We get the house, it's falling apart. We get the car, it's running us broke. Um, the rajas guna just gets us more rajas guna, right? We have all these agendas, if only, if only, if only. And so rajas guna is the conscious mind and all its agendas where we look outside of ourselves for, for happiness. And tamas guna is the unconscious mind, all the instinctual forces, all the contraction, all the fear, all the negativity that runs us. So tamas is the unconscious mind, all the instinctual and traumatized and negative forces. Rajas guna is the conscious mind, all the agendas, uh, all the desire uh, that we have. And sattva, we call it a uh, uh, super-conscious state. Because when we're in sattva guna, we're contented. And it seems very ordinary because in sattva guna, you're grateful. And the best barometer as to whether you are tuned into yourself, tuned into the life field, tuned into dharma, is a space of gratefulness. Where on this quantum level, you are resonating with sattva guna. And suddenly, it's all okay. Got it? So we're not talking about anything esoteric. We're talking about something that you experience every day. And it's available to you in every breath of kindness. And it's available to you through health and generosity. And that's why we do all these things, because that allows us to drink the nectar of immortality. It allows us to experience our divinity. It's right here. That, that gratefulness that you experience is this gratefulness, is the nectar of immortality. Uh, that this wonderfulness that you experience is your fullness with the wonder and you're in this transcendental superconscious state if nothing else you're out of the ego mind and it's desperate desperate drama so what we're talking about is in your own experience it's not pie in the sky it's it's a place you visit every day it's an it's an oasis this you tie your camel up at often okay please how is intuition different from omniscience? Well, you know, uh, the, the mind's a rascal. Uh-huh. The mind's a rascal. It, it's, it's, it, it, it's wonderful we can trust that still voice within. Um, uh, and, this, and it's really a wonderful thing to con- cultivate. Um, and yet the mind's a rascal. 
So yes, trust your intuition, cultivate your intuition. And um, like I have a teacher in India and she spends 14, 16 hours a day doing ritual and praying, okay? And we're sitting in a circle like this and she says, you know, you have to take God with a grain of salt. (laughs) So it's the same thing with your intuition. Trust your intuition, but um, also don't get too carried away at times too. Yes, yes, um, yes. Okay. So, uh, there's a lot more that we can say about these things. They're in our book. Um, uh, and there's, uh, yes, and we'll continue to go deeper into these concepts. But right now, I want to get you into the hands-on work so that you're empowered to give and receive this work. Um The purpose of our energy balancing, the purpose of our exercise therapy, the purpose of our diet, uh, it's all uh, designed to take us into a more sattvic state of entrainment, a more sattvic state of resonance. What defines the, the body work that we do here is based on the life work of Dr. Randolph Stone, who was a giant of 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 devotion to understanding this mystery. Um, and, um, he, and he called this work polarity therapy because he was trying to make it scientific. And he wanted a, a science of the finer forces, a science of the electromagnetics. Okay? Um, but the, what defines polarity therapy is the intention to address the soul. There are many, many powerful and valuable systems of healing. But what defines this work is everything that we're doing is to bring us into entrainment, to bring us into harmony, to bring us into balance with the soul, with the life field, with the divinity, whether we call it the one life, whether we call it the omnipresence of God, whether we call it just life, soul, nature, okay, the goddess. We're talking about this universal life that uh, here it is. It's right here. And it share, and we breathe it in, and it plays the music of our life in every moment. So we do our energy balancing to come into a more profound entrainment with sattva guna. We follow these dietary principles because they help us connect with ourselves. Again, we, we 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 have this incredible gift of divinity. That our mother, father, creator loved us so profoundly that she gave herself to each of us. That she lived through each of us. That she didn't just make us puppets. That she sacrificed herself and gave us freedom. Wow. Um, so we do these, we, we, you know, we, we give up the sugar, we give up the chocolate, we give up the alcohol and cigarettes when we can so that we can come into uh, just a more profound, profound state of, of communion with ourself. Because um, when we're not connected with ourself, we look outside of ourself. And when we're not connected with ourself, we feel this incredible vulnerability and inadequacy and terror. We're in a grade of, of great suffering. 
that when we're not connected with our divinity, we feel this great lack, this loss, this fall, this self-loathing. We feel so inadequate. There's a self-loathing. There's self-hatred. There's what we call shame. And what that is, is you're not connected to yourself and how terrifying and inadequate we feel when we're not connected to our goddess. So this is called the ultimate medicine because it can address the self-hatred. You know, I was able to give up smoking cigarettes when I looked in the mirror and I caught a glimpse of the God within and I realized there was something I could really love in here that I wasn't bullshitting when I said, I love you. There was something I could really love in here without any qualification. And in that moment, Eros, the life force, started to win over Thanatos, the self-destruction. So this is available to each of us that we can look into that mirror because the way we grow into our goddess is through these tiny little epiphanies, these tiny little realizations. So we're going to take a um, 10-minute break and when we come back, we're going to have a table set up, well, one table set up and I'm going to do a demonstration of a sattvic energy balancing session and then we're going to give and receive the sattvic energy balancing session and then we'll have done what we sought to accomplish today. Thank you so much for your focus and attention. I'm very grateful to be here raving about this incredible gift of life. Thank you. Thank you, goddess. Yay, goddess. Stop. Stop. Stop.